drink and dance all night. Now it's talk with diapers and pacifiers and our fans are feeling tight. Welcome to another episode of Bottle Service. Happy to have you. Happy you're back after last week's episode. Um, I know that was a bit of a rough one. Um, And before we even get into this week's episode, I do just want to say like, thank you to everybody who reached out after last week's episode. I was slash am just overwhelmed by the response. Um, Last week was just like a very weird week being so public about a pregnancy loss, which is something that is so private. And I do really appreciate just all the kind words, like all the DMs, all the like love you sent my way. It was just really, I don't know, touching. And it really meant a lot to me. So you guys are the best and thank you. Truly, thank you. Um, Okay, so this week's episode is actually a really good follow-up episode. Um, We're going to talk about preconception. We're talking about trying to get pregnant, which is something I'm actively doing right now. We'll talk a little bit about things you can do to improve your fertility, even after a loss, which, hello, talk about timely. And we're going to talk about things you and your partner should be doing if you are planning a pregnancy. So my guests this week are Ronit Manasha and Vida Del Rahim. They are BFFs and founder of WeNatal, which is a company I started looking into when I knew I was going to start trying to get pregnant again. Um, they are a supplement company that targets both female and male health going into conception, which is just so interesting to me because I think the male health factor like often gets overlooked. And we're going to learn today like why it's so important that that doesn't happen. (laughs) But yeah, we're going to talk about fertility myths, improving your egg and sperm quality at any age. We'll talk about how lifestyle and mindfulness play a role in fertility and just so much more. Like this is a really good episode, guys. Like I know I learned a ton. It's one you're definitely going to want to make your husbands listen to or send to any friends who are thinking about getting pregnant soon. So without further ado, I figure let's just jump right into it. Renit and Vita, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yes. Okay. Before we even kind of jump into everything today, I was hoping you could give us a little bit of background on just the both of you, why you started We Natal. Like give us give us the spiel. Absolutely. It's a fun, it's a fun story. So Ronit and I met in our corporate career at Nike. We were both executives living our single lives in LA together, having fun dating, not so fun dating stories, um, you know, just really living the best of our 20s and 30s. And we've known each other for 15 years, best friends, always thought we might want to get in business together, probably in branding or marketing or events, since that was like a world we were very passionate about. Um, but it wasn't actually until a couple uh, years ago, um, life's journey took us in a completely different direction. We never envisioned starting a supplement company, but Ronit and I got married around the same time. And in early 2020, we had miscarriages one week apart, not knowing that either one of us was pregnant. And it was my second miscarriage. It was her first. At that time, she had worked, she was working alongside Dr. Mark Hyman, who's an amazing practitioner in the functional medicine space. And the answers that I had been given on both of my miscarriages and she had as well was very dismissive. It was almost as if like, just keep trying. It just happens. You're lucky you even got pregnant, right? It was, and I didn't know any better. And I was very busy at work. And I know after the first one, which I'm sure we're going to get into, Sarah, I had a very similar journey as you, which was a very dark um, self-blame and very dark state I got into in a grieving process. And it was Ronit who's like, well, there's got to be more to the story. There's got to be something we could do. Ronit's like, I don't even even want to try getting pregnant again unless like I can do something about improving my odds and that kicked off this research rabbit hole that we both went under and found all this research about men's health and men being 50% of the equation men being 50% of miscarriages and pregnancy loss and it was mind-blowing to us that no one was even telling us our partners needed to do anything different they could have taken supplements they could have changed their lifestyle the burden of fertility was on us. And that led down the rabbit hole of we natal. We literally like, we have to do something about this. 
There was so much research also showing how easy it is for men to step up their game and regenerate sperm every three months and antioxidants greatly improving the chances of their partners conceiving. So we went down the, the goal of making a men's prenatal and within taking our own women's prenatal, we didn't think the world needed another one, but in actuality, it, they did. The, the market was very saturated, but there was a lot of brands over-promising and under-delivering. And so we wanted to reinvent the game from the start, bring both partners together. We realized we're living amidst a big fertility crisis. It wasn't just us experiencing this. It was friends. It was family. And the more and more we went into this journey, we said, fertility is not a women's health issue. That's what really this is about. We're about to shift the gender paradigms. We're about to educate, create community, and set up a product we wished we had when we were trying to conceive. It's so interesting to me, even just like, you know, sharing last week's episode and talking about my miscarriage, like I was overwhelmed by the the response and how many people had also experienced miscarriages, not even just from strangers and people who listen to this podcast, but even like people in my personal life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's like we put this statistic on it. Like, I think I saw like one in five or like 20% of women experience this. But I'm like, why is everybody, why does everybody I know going through this like I it almost like it 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 really scared me and like made me sad just how many of us are going through this or are going through this and I I think you're right I think it's like a a crisis I'm like why why is this more common is is it more common now than it was in the past like is or is it just that we're a little bit older I'm like what is going on here well it's it's multifactorial Definitely. Um, But research does show that in the last 50 years, miscarriage rates have increased by 1% per year. And actually, the stats that we've been looking at is one out of four pregnancies end in miscarriage. So so we were in a very similar boat to you when we um, experienced this. We learned that our moms experienced miscarriage. We learned that our best friends experienced it, but no one was talking about it. And everyone is was kind of suffering in silence, but we that that really created our lives mission with We Natal. And the truth is, it wasn't easy for us to talk about it at first and to share about it. But once we did, we realized how many people were helping just by, you know, first of all, sharing with them that they're not alone, they're not going through it by themselves. And then we also talk about you know, how to navigate this difficult time and, um, and, and, you know, this whole um, idea of men's fertility impacting 50% of miscarriages. I remember the moment I found out that stat, there's an amazing book called It Starts With the Egg by Rebecca Fett. And the whole book is about improving egg quality. And then there's a chapter on sperm quality towards the end of the book. And when I got to that chapter, I learned that 50% of miscarriages, infertility, pregnancy health overall, preeclampsia, like all of the issues that you see come from sperm. Um, And we were like, why isn't anybody talking about it? And like Vita mentioned, it's very easy to improve sperm. And our biggest aha was when we found the research, multiple studies that looked at men who take antioxidants like CoQ10, NAC, vitamin C, have a five times higher chance of getting their partner pregnant. So we were like, wait, why aren't any men taking antioxidants? And that would, you know, that set us down the whole, you know, um, mission of we natal, but the truth is it's, it's like you mentioned increased rates of infertility, but also, but, and one in six, the world health organization in April reported that one in six people, um, suffer from infertility. That's 18% of the adult population. And it doesn't discriminate. It happens across the board, high, middle, low income countries. And, this is a big issue. When Vita and I started working on Wienadal on early 2020, the stat was one in eight people. Now the stats is one in six. And then going back to sperm, 
sperm counts have declined 62% since 1973. So if you think about 62%, a man today has over 50% less sperm compared to their grandfathers. So something is going on in the environment. Yes, women are having kids later in life. Women are choosing to have less kids. Um, but there's also something um, going on with our diet and lifestyle because the trends that we're seeing are also the trends that we're seeing with chronic disease, with depression, with diabetes, with um, cancer. And so fertility is just one of those things. Yeah. I mean, this is this is shocking to me. And I think about like my own trying to conceive journey. I think about my friends, like we all kind of like compare notes, you know, what are you doing to do this? Whatever. I have not heard anybody talk about male, the male role in uh, reproductive health. So this is like really important and like something I'm really happy that we're talking about today because it's shocking to me that if this is such a big part of the puzzle that it's not talked about. And, um, one thing that that I find so frustrating, and um, I think we were talking a little bit about this before, but um, I, you know, after my miscarriage, I went to the doctor, you know, and asked her point blank, like I had so many questions. I was like, you know, is there anything I can do to ensure that this doesn't happen again? You know, I want to get pregnant right away. What can I do to increase my chances? And there was like, no information. You know, I was just like very disappointed in the information that I was given, which was basically like track your ovulation and take a prenatal. And that was it. And and it sounds like there's a lot more <laughs> that we could be doing. Oh my gosh. And then they just say like every prenatal is the same. It doesn't matter which one. And just just make sure it has folic acid is usually what they say. Um, but definitely not all prenatals are created equally. And I agree with you. There's um, it doesn't make sense to just say, keep trying, you know, if, if your body did something to, you know, eliminate a pregnancy, then there is some sort of imbalance. Right. And so how can we, um, create more balance? How can we improve our mitochondrial health? We know that, that the three months before ovulation, is a very important time frame where you can re really reduce chromosomal abnormalities. So that 100-day cycle is when your egg is maturing. A lot of people think that if you're older, right? So if you're over 40, um, the egg quality has decreased over the years that you've been alive. But really, it's the three months before ovulation that really impacts that egg quality. So it's so important to nourish that environment. It's it's kind of like we always share this example of when you're planting the seed, you want to make sure that you're planting the seed in beautiful organic soil. You're not just planting that seed in some like, you know, whatever random dirt that you find. Um, so... So yeah, that three months before conception is literally we talk about that time so much. It's preconception. Some people refer to it as trimester zero or primester. And it's really the time frame that can impact the health of the pregnancy. And some doctors even say that it's more what you do in those three months is more important than how you eat and how you supplement while you're pregnancy while you're pregnant wow okay <laughs> this is huge and this is like this is new information for me so it's those three months before you get pregnant I just want to like reiterate this for people listening because I think this is like shocking you know like I think this is just not information that a lot of us are privy to three months before getting pregnant is kind of when you want to start trying to make the best uh quote unquote soil for your egg is exactly. that that's right both partners don't forget three months yeah. before is when both partners have a chance a unique ability to step up their game diet lifestyle removing toxins out of your life there's like a multifaceted approach right 
that can really dramatically improve not only your chances of a healthy pregnancy, but also another thing that I learned on this journey that most people don't talk about, it's also your child's future lifelong health that you can affect. So much of the genetics and all these things are determined at conception. And what we were shocked also is that a lot of people start taking a supplement maybe after they find out they're pregnant, which is six, eight weeks sometimes in. And there's so much great work you both can do to build up your nutrient reserves, to remove a lot of the toxins that are found in our everyday lives. And that is another reason why we're kind of living in this toxic soup. And it can be overwhelming, except that, Sarah, there's a lot of things one by one you can slowly move and do to adopt just a healthier lifestyle, not only for your fertility, but for your overall health and the, the home and the world that you want to bring this baby into, right? So they're all meaningful recommendations that we can get into that can dramatically improve during this preconception timeframe, but also going through pregnancy and bringing the baby home. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, this is giving me a lot of hope because I I mean, I I think we've all heard the, these these stories and at least like I, I know like this is my second pregnancy and the second pregnancy for me is going to be a quote-unquote geriatric pre- uh, pregnancy because I'm 35 and um, it, it actually is kind of I think helpful and like good to hear that we have a we have a hand in improving our egg quality like we're not it's not just going to drop off at 35 and we're screwed and there's nothing we can do that was- Yeah, I think we were so passionate when we uncovered all this research about dispelling some of the myths that we were told along this journey. Like Ronit mentioned, take a prenatal. They're all the same. You're stuck with all the eggs that you have, right? And we've all heard male fertility doesn't decline with age. It's only women. Um, That sperm has no impact. It's just, you know, like there's been crazy myths on this journey and there's so much misinformation that it was really important for us to be... um, a brand with integrity and that also could be a little bit the form of the research and the truth. And so we all have lived by these myths and it's time to really educate people on the optimism around this journey. It's not all June and gloom, right? There is so much you can do. And that's another reason our brand exists. Yeah. And I like the, the idea of like, it almost gives you a sense of control knowing that there's things I can do because that's like a, that's been, I think maybe one of the harder parts for me in this is feeling like I don't have control. I'm old. Maybe something's wrong with me. You know, like all of these things that we tell ourselves and it's like, no, there are actually things I can do. And that helps. I think that helps like put a, you know, a positive light on this, which can be a discouraging journey for so many. 100%. I will say, when I had my miscarriage, so my second pregnancy ended in a miscarriage, I was 41. And when I implemented all of the things that we uncovered, specifically with my partner and, you know, concocted all of the right nutrients and the right dosages, gave it to him, made sure that he cleaned up his diet, reduced sugar, um, really prioritized more movement and really did all the things. I want to say I got pregnant at first try three months. I took a break. I did three months off um, because I didn't, I really wanted to let my body, give my body the opportunity to heal. And then I got pregnant at first try with now my three-year-old Emma, um, which I had at the age of 42 naturally. Um, And so that's not always how the story ends for people. But I will say going into that pregnancy after miscarriage, knowing that I did all the things that I could possibly control, I knew that, okay, now I have to trust the universe. I did everything that I could. We are both very healthy people. And yes, we're older, but um, I don't know if you ever heard of the concept of biological age versus chronological age. Um, There's a way to look at your cells age. Um, It's called telomere testing. And you can look at how old your cells are in comparison to how old you are chronologically. So I always knew that my cells were younger because I tested it. Again, I worked in functional medicine. I'm a functional medicine nerd. I, you know, I love to do all this like testing on myself. And I knew that even though I was 41, I was technically 32, according to the length of my telomeres. 
So I had that belief that age isn't everything. And if I'm, if we do everything, we know at least we put our foot forward and then whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. I know the term geriatric pregnancy needs to like, never come back. Needs to go away. <laughs> it is like such a mind, like, yeah, it's but- ridiculous. And we're all having kids later in life. And I feel like that term doesn't serve us. It just messes with people. And I just, I can't stand it. So thanks for letting me vent. Yeah, I have a, um, one of my girlfriends um, it lives in London now, and she was telling me because she's, you know, just went through pregnancy and is going to doctors over in Europe. And she asked her doctors, she's like, should I be concerned? I'm a geriatric pregnancy. And the doctor was like, what are you talking about? He's like, that is such an American belief. Like, we don't call preg- any pregnancy here geriatric, which I really liked. I'm like, oh, Love that. yeah, like, the term would go away here, too, because it literally just messes with people with no good reason. We're all having kids later in life. We're all in this boat together. And these terms are non-serving. They don't help us. They don't motivate us. It just gives you a, a filter and a block. Yeah. And like more fear when like exactly. the process is already, you know, tough for tough so enough. many reasons. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I know we, I, we got to obviously talk about some of these things that we can do that we can implement to um, help our reproductive health. Um, one thing that, that I'm just loving about this conversation is just putting the emphasis also on the male, because I can tell you one thing that has been driving me a little nuts is feeling like the pressure is all on me. And I feel, and I was just talking to a girlfriend about this yesterday, um, that just like, you know, I'm tracking my ovulation. I'm trying to do all of these things. And I almost feel like my husband just shows up for the party. Like we go in tonight, (laughs) you know, and and it's just almost like, uh, we, I feel like we as the women carry so much of the burden. So I like hearing that, like, no, like your your guys got to be part of this process too and make some changes as well. 100%. You know, we, we joked when we were coming up with the name of We Natal. I was like, society says we're having a baby. We're in this together. We're trying. And I was like, where is the we in this process? Literally, I echo everything you said, Sarah. It was like, I was scrutinizing what I ate, the stress at work, how hard I worked out or if I didn't work out enough, you know, like literally put under a microscope. And especially after my first loss, I retract every move for the past like five months, literally driving, driving myself crazy of like, was it that thing that I ate? Was it my soul cycle workout? You know, like literally and never even dawned on me that it could have been my husband's health. And so this is just a narrative we're so passionate about shifting, not to blame, but really to like empower both partners to really be in this together, to really dive into what can help both of them um, be in this journey together. And like, we have a lot of friends with similar stories and it, it breeds resentment and all the things that we felt when we were just like feeling like it was all on us. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's, let's dive in. I really would love to get into the weeds with you guys and, and, and talk about all the things that we can be doing. Um, and should we talk about this separately? Like what women can do versus what the men should be doing? Are there similarities? Are there differences? Like where, where do you guys think that? Well, from, from a high level, it's very, very similar. Um, there are a few nuances on the men's side, which we could get into, but for, for the most part, the way that we like to think about how to improve your fertility is to remove fertility blockers and adopt fertility enhancers. So what are those fertility blockers? We're looking at the things that we do kind of every day, the water we're drinking, the air that we're breathing. There's so many environmental toxins in those two things. So we always say that's kind of like low hanging fruit. If you get a good quality air filter, a good quality water filter, at least you know that you kind of have that in your environment covered. We also share other tips like um, we know that the indoor space is 200 times more toxic about 200 times more toxic than outdoor. So waking up in the morning, opening your windows, getting a plant that cleans up your air, it's like a natural air filter. So that's a a fertility blocker, right? The environmental toxins. We also know 
that your personal care products and your cleaning supplies, um, including um, the plastics in your household, are fertility blockers. There's an amazing researcher. Her name is Dr. Shauna Swan. She wrote a book called um, Countdown. She gets all into the science of BPA and um, phthalates and how it impacts fertility. So I'm not going to get into that today because that's a whole other super duper sciencey discussion. But when I think about those types of products, usually they're lurking in your bathroom and in your kitchen. So those are probably the two most toxic places in your house. So in your kitchen, switching out your plastic containers to glass containers. I actually saw there's a famous um, fertility doctor here in LA. She posted yesterday that a new trend is to take um, glass containers to restaurants for um, takeout. I'm, and I'm not saying that's like definitely out there and it could be that this is an LA trend, but um, <laughs> it kind of made me happy that a fertility doctor was sharing that information. So switching from plastic to glass, there's so many amazing companies now that um, have nonstick pans um, that are non-toxic. We know that Teflon is not good. It's toxic. Um, so switching those out. And like Vita said, you don't have to do it all at once. It's kind of like this gradual process that you can work on. And then when it comes to your bathroom, we know that the skin is your largest organ and absorbs everything so quickly. So making sure that you use cleaner personal care items. And it's so easy now. There's so many brands out there that are cleaner and they're amazing apps like the EWG app or Think Dirty app that can give you a rating on on your products. And also, listen, if another big one is perfumes, but also if perfume brings you joy, you know, use your perfume, but maybe spray it on your hair or on your shirt. Don't put it directly on your skin. So there are ways to still, um, you know, use the things that bring you joy, but just minimize the toxic exposure. Mm. Um, and then another kind of fertility blocker is kind of sleep and stress. Um, sleep is an amazing way to reju rejuvenate, detox, and recover on a daily basis. And of course, sleep is uh, stress is um, a, something that contributes to lack of lack of sleep. So finding ways to befriend the stress, you know, stress is not going to go away from our lives the way that we're living it. Um, finding a way to manage your stress levels. I always share that whenever I had um, was pregnant, I always, for some reason, get really high anxiety when I'm pregnant, just natural. And then I have a really hard time sleeping mm. and I would be, I would say like, I would become like an SOS meditator. Like all of a sudden I'd be like downloading apps and trying to figure out like how to meditate while I'm in it. And we always say like the preconception timeframe is such an amazing time to create a healthy foundation in your life for the type of person you want to be, the type of parent you want to be. Um, and so all of these things, you know, just kind of sets sets also like a clean, welcoming house for the baby. Sleep is so, so important, guys. And I know us moms don't always get enough of it, which is why I'm so happy that DreamWell exists. DreamWell is from More Labs. It is one of their breakthrough products. It is a natural, holistic sleep shot that's designed to help you fall asleep faster and get better rest. The natural ingredients in DreamWell help ease the mind into a state of rest, reduce caffeine levels in your system, and balance the body's reaction to stress and anxiety so you can fall asleep faster and sleep deeper. The formula is sugar-free, vegan, gluten-free, soy-free, and has botanical ingredients like jujube, which supports relaxation, melatonin, which helps you fall asleep faster and maintain a healthy sleep cycle, and glycine, which can help improve sleep quality and next day cognitive processing. 
If you're having trouble sleeping for whatever reason, I'm going to encourage you to check out DreamWell. Just go to morelabs.com slash bigkid and use code bigkid at checkout for 20% off your order. You should probably just add in some morning recovery while you're there, just saying. But again, that's morelabs.com slash bigkid and use code bigkid at checkout for 20% off. Now let's get back to the show. And then as far as the fertility enhancers, you know, a clean diet, I would say probably some people would argue that diet is the number one factor that's impacting this fertility. We see that obese men have no testosterone. So when you look at diet and the standard American diet, it's just scary how people are eating here and um, what it's doing to their health. 92% of American adults have metabolic dysfunction. And we know that metabolic dysfunction is, for instance, in women, one of the causes of PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and is the number one reason why women have infertility. So adopting a clean diet, Mediterranean diet has been shown both in men and women to enhance fertility and removing processed foods, removing sugar from your diet um, and just eating clean. And so at WeNatal, we have a guide, wenatal.com slash guide. Anybody could get it with our nine tips and we share um, just ways to eat cleaner with your with your partner because a lot of times it's kind of like you're the one eat, who's eating clean and then your partner is the one I mean, at least in my in my family dynamic, um, I'm the healthy eater. My partner is not. So how to how to get your partner on board? That's 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 a whole other other thing too. Um, and then supplements. We that is <laughs> the easiest way, I would say, to low hanging fruit. Right? It doesn't require crazy behavior change. Right? Um, so. And supplementing with the right supplement. So we could talk about what that looks like. And then, and the reason why supplements are important is because even if your full-time job was eating for your fertility, nowadays our soil are depleted. The, the nutrients in our food are not like they used to be. Mm-hmm. And then finally movement and movement is a big one. It's kind of like, you want to move, but you also don't want to do, don't want to overdo it, right? You don't want to create so much stress on your body where the movement is counter um, productive and is increasing your cortisol. You want to make sure that you're moving every day, but not overdoing it. Ooh, can we talk about that for a second? Cause that's, um, that's something I do is like, I do like high intensity workouts, like a couple times a week. So are it, that can have a, an adverse effect. It, it depends how you feel after. So if you're doing high intensity workout, I love those two. We have, um, a place called F45 here that I go to. And, um, if, if you feel energized, afterwards great but if you feel depleted and dead after a workout like that Mm. then you could probably keep doing that workout but kind of tone down the high intensity you know what I mean weight training is great it's improving your you know your muscle mass is great but you don't want to deplete your adrenals um, by stressing your body so much but your body will tell you, your body will tell you if you feel depleted or nourished afterwards. Yeah. I did a workout yesterday and afterwards I was so zonked and like beat. And I, and I had kind of like a weird feeling like, Ooh, maybe this, maybe I do need to tone it back a little bit. Um, so I'm really glad you offered that piece of information. Um, I want to go back to the food for a second. Cause this is something I was so shocked by when I asked the doctor point blank like what I can be doing and it was not mentioned because I you know I think what we're realizing now is like what we eat is like you know such an integral part of how our body functions and it's crazy to me that that's just not uh top of mind and like from our from the information we're getting from our doctors it's crazy 
Well, the solution, the solution from the medical community is to put a Band-Aid on the issues. And when it comes to obesity, weight gain, diabetes, their solution is Ozempic. And it's like how you have no idea how many kids are being put on Ozempic for their entire life. And it's like, oh, my gosh, these kids are so young. Let's teach them how to eat better. Let's go to the root of, of what's, what's causing their obesity, not put a Band-Aid on it. Um, and so we always say doctors are well-intentioned. Many of them are, and but they just don't have access to the information. Many doctors have, I think, max 15 hours of nutrition education while they go through med school. And also, it takes about 17 years from research to go from being published to used by a doctor. Mm. So unless you have a doctor that's like super on top of it with the research and always kind of... Uh, going to conferences and learning, then they'll just be old school in their information. And that's why Vida and I have, you know, are such advocates for people um, to be their own self, self, like, you know, you know yourself best mm -hmm. and you are the best doctor of you and you need to be your own health advocate when it comes to all of these things. And honestly, this year, so many prenatal brands are, you know, launching products left and right. And we feel like our biggest contribution to the space other than our prenatal, and we can get into our prenatal is the education because there's such a lack of information out there and people are craving the information. Mm -hmm. People are craving the knowledge. We had last month, we did um, a workshop on, pre-pregnancy health and we brought on all kinds of doctors and experts and we have we had over 700 people sign up it was so well received so we're going to be doing workshops every month we're really upping our game on our social content on our blog and planning to do a master class at the end of the year because the truth is is there is confused, confusing information out there it is overwhelming people don't know where to turn our doctor said the same thing to us. Just keep trying. There's nothing you could do. That is the most demoralizing thing a doctor could tell you. There's so much that you could do. And yes, there is no insurance policy. Shit can happen. But at least you know that you did everything that you could to yes. create a healthy pregnancy. Totally. And um, that resource you guys mentioned, just for those of you listening, I'm going to put it in our show notes. One thing that I love that you guys do, and we're going to talk about this a little bit like towards the end, but um, it's because I've been taking both me and my husband have been taking your prenatals and like it came with a guide. It's not like just take these prenatals. It was like you, there was so much more information in the guide that I got than anything I heard from the doctor. Like I was shocked. So I love that you guys are supplying that information. It is such a huge resource. And guys, I'm going to put all of this information in show notes. So don't stress out. If you're driving, don't try and take notes. I got you covered. Um, okay. So we were talking about food. What do you think about like alcohol? Like what does alcohol play a role in um, fertility? Because this is something uh, I hate to like say this, Um but before my loss, um, it, it happened at the end of December and December is like a big, you know, celebrating the holidays. Like I drink more in December than I did the entire rest of the year. And I, I think a piece of me like blamed myself a little bit. Like I was really harsh on my body. I shouldn't have drank in so much alcohol. Like maybe that played a role, but I'm interested like what you guys think about alcohol. And if you're in the trying to conceive process, can you drink a little bit? Should you completely abstain? Like, what are, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. So the thoughts are kind of um, mixed here. Um, I can say, share that the research shows that binge drinking um, reduces the chance of a health, healthy pregnancy. So binge drinking is defined by five or more drinks. Uh, but the research shows that um, two drinks per week, is fine when you're trying to conceive. But the truth is, this is again, my perspective. 
Um, if you're doing all of these things to improve your fertility, you're detoxing your house, you're detoxing your body, your cleaning supplies, alcohol is a toxin. And um, if I were to try to get pregnant again, I would try, probably try to abstain for, from alcohol. And the truth is, it doesn't really matter what kind of alcohol you're drinking. It's pretty much the same. Alcohol is alcohol. And same that was going to be my next question. <laughs> it's like, okay. what if it's wine? Is that better? Yeah. Or no. I mean, listen, I, this goes to the 80-20 rule too, right? Like if you are going out with your friends or with your husband and you want to enjoy a glass of wine and it brings you joy and happiness, then that joy and happiness outweighs the negative effect of, of the drinking, right? Um, but um, I would say from from just the research that's out there and um, here in Los Angeles, marijuana is legal. And a lot of people think that because it's legal, it means that it's fine, it's healthy, it's not, not doesn't impact your health. But the research out there does show that smoking marijuana alcohol impacts fertility in both men and women. And Anytime someone asks us for a resource, because we have a lot of people that reach out and they're like, oh, my husband smokes marijuana every day. What resource can I send him? If you just go on PubMed, which is the website that sh um, shows all the published um, research out there and search marijuana and fertility or marijuana and sperm, you will see hundreds of research papers on the topic. So we hate to be the messenger of this news. Yeah. And it's also kind of not forever, right? It's about three months of really putting your best foot forward. And I think for my partner who thoroughly enjoys all the things that come with going out and drinking and, you know, um, his eating, he, he enjoys eating fast food and things that I would never probably touch. It's about really how we do this together for a few months. Um, Obviously for women, we're going through the pregnancy and there's a little bit more on our plate, but really like if you can kind of get in the mindset that we're going to do our best. And I love what Ronit said about being kind to yourself and compassionate. I think it's really easy to try to think of you have to be perfect during this time frame, Or like you said, it was that workout or something I did. I think those thoughts are so, um, I honestly think the mental health and the thought part of this kind of destroys some of us women more than what we're doing physically because I have a lot of friends who think they're checking all the right boxes by eating clean and supplementing and all that, but are so mentally hard on themselves. And it's really easy to get caught up in your friends who drink all the time and got pregnant so easily, right? Or looking left and right and just comparing, which also doesn't help. And so anything that like, you know, you can be good most of the time, you could change things as they run out, you can do your best, but also keeping a healthy mental state is a big part of this journey that also no one's talking about outside of the boxes you can check and buy the plants and buy the air filter and the water filter. Um, and that's something so, so important as well that I want to call out. Oh, yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's something we have to talk about. Um, just the mindfulness uh, element that um, I know that you guys talk a lot about uh, and, and the effects it has on, you know, your reproductive health. This is another thing that, um, I'm just like telling you guys all my deepest, darkest thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, here we are. Um, but it's the truth. Um, another thing, cause I mean, after a loss, like you just sit with yourself and like recount, like every, like you were saying earlier, like all the things that you did, like, how could this have happened? And one of the things I kept coming back to is, is my, um, mental state when I was pregnant because I, um, I had a bit of like a traumatic birth and I know even the idea of when I was, my husband and I were talking about getting pregnant again, like I was experiencing so much more anxiety the second time around than I did the first time I got pregnant. Cause I'm like, Oh shit, I'm going to have to like do a C-section again. Or like, what if this happens again? And all of those things just causing me a lot of anxiety that like after the loss happened, I'm like, did my body like physically reject this pregnancy? Like what does the role, the, the mental health play in all of this? And um, I know you guys gave a lot of resources and like kind of how to help in this area. And I was hoping you could shed some light on that. 
Yeah. And I, by the way, you're not alone. We all struggle with that. And I actually had my miscarriage before I even had kids. So um, I can't even tell you, you know, there's one thing, not that any situation is better or worse, but there was lots of dark thoughts of like, will I ever have kids that I cause? It's all my fault. And so I can literally told Ronit today, actually, we were, we were reminiscing that every OBGYN appointment I had, my heart would race. I would be so scared to go inside. I would typically call her or my husband or someone to like literally talk me off the ledge because I was just fearful. And I had a lot of the similar symptoms you had through the appointments, through different, um, you know, ailments that you're worried or, you know, could this pregnancy also be a loss? And so why we came out with the We Needle Journal was that we knew that we can give you the best supplementation to really fill those nutrient gaps and give you a really great insurance policy that you and your partner can help improve egg and sperm. But we, it wouldn't be complete without addressing the mind body connection. And we know there's, you know, it used to be a lot more woo woo, but now there's more and more research actually coming out about how important, um, the mental aspect is to fertility, how it actually can, um, essentially uh, impact your fertility and a positive mind mindset can increases your chances of getting pregnant. And so again, found not many people talking about the physiological effect on your body, your hormones, your fertility by just literally adopting a gratitude practice by literally reframing a lot of the negative hot thoughts. And none of us are going to be perfect. We're human. We're going to be hard on ourselves. Like Ronit said, we're never going to be you know, when people say like, remove stress from your life, like this is not practical advice. I kind of want to like shake people who say that we want to give you tools that when you are in those moments, even if you've had the worst day, if you can find three minutes to sit down and be grateful for your partner, manifest that baby that you know is waiting for you. And I know you read spirit babies. I know, um, you mentioned that so we, uh, Ronit actually had me read it after my first loss. And so it's whatever you believe in, but gratitude is proven to help your biochemistry, to help your body relax, to help you have a positive outlook and really believe that you, it, you know, this is not the end of your story. There's more to come and there are tools that can help both of you kind of really manifest that family of your dreams. Yeah. Gratitude is like a gratitude practice is one of those things that I like, I kind of like roll my eyes a little bit and I get annoyed because I know it works, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> and, um, it's like, totally. yeah. Or it's like one of those things like objectively I'll be like, yeah, I'm grateful for things, but I, I have at least adopted that, um, in the last, like even just few weeks is I'm like, no, 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 we are sitting down every day and we are physically writing out like three things that I am grateful for every day. And it does make a difference. I feel like if you're writing it down versus just trying to like run Think through it in it. your head. Yeah. Yep. And I worked with, I worked with an amazing doctor um, during the time that I worked with Dr. Hyman. Her name is Dr. Elizabeth Boham and she had cancer at the age of 30. And actually her mom saw some episode of Oprah talking about gratitude and and she basically um, started to have this gratitude practice while she was going through her chemotherapy treatments. And she, at first it was really hard because she's like, there's nothing for me to be grateful for. But slowly she was like, okay, I'm grateful for the sunshine. I'm grateful for my mom. I'm grateful for this beautiful meal. And slowly it's like a muscle. The more you do it, the more it's in you. Um, and I think, I think that's an important thing too. And just having hope, you know, I, the, the book spirit babies that you talked about did give me some hope, like, like you, like, did I believe all of it? I don't know. Um, <sighs> I'm, uh, I had a baby after the miscarriage. I'm like, is that baby, the soul, is that soul Emma's soul now? I don't know. This whole thing is confusing, but um, just believing that there is a soul waiting for you and your partner. And I think like really helped me, you know, manifest it. Totally. And um, I know you mentioned it earlier, but for our listeners who don't, um, who didn't pick up on it, you mentioned the, um, the journal. Hold on. I'm going to grab it one sec. So you guys also have a guided journal in addition 
to the prenatal, which I think is awesome. It, it, it speaks to the importance of this like mental aspect um, that I think is really cool that you guys have. And there was something I was looking at it today. I actually underlined it because I thought it was just like so beautiful and such like a good reminder for any of us who are like going through this preconception journey. Um, you guys said, put away thinking like a person trying to conceive your baby is already on its way to you. So I love that way of thinking where you're thinking not so much like, will this happen, but it's happening. Yeah. Yes. When will it happen? Not, not will it. And Lillian, the author of the journal is a dear friend of both of ours. And she really changed the way I think and talk. She taught me that my words are powerful, that when I see her every day and I tell her I'm tired, I'm going to keep being tired. Right. And if you can a little bit, I hate to say fake it till you make it, but if you could really believe and talk as if it's happening, she kept telling me write in the journal as if it's happening. And that has shifted the way I think and act. I'm less, I'm more confident. I'm more, um, grateful. I'm happier because I, you know, there's a lot of, um, just sheer belief. And I think that Ronit talked about that as well. Like when you write it and you start putting it out in the world, the world's going to conspire to help you get it. And so believe it. Mm-hmm. The word choice, I think is so important. That's important. like something I've been working on. And I read that in, in the journal also is just, I noticed, especially after this loss happening, like me thinking some not so great things, which I've already like established on this podcast. Totally. Yeah. But I've like tried to like when I and my whole thing now is that like when I start to have those thoughts, I try to catch them and mm-hmm. then like reframe them. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that mindfulness piece is is huge. And um, guys, I know we are wrapping up this episode, but I wanted to, you know, before we lose you both, um, I obviously we have to talk about <laughs> why we're here, which is the prenatal. So we need to talk about like the actual nutrients and, um, you know, prenatals that we can be taking because kind of like I said in the beginning, this is one of the most important things. And like one of the only things my doctor told me to do is to take a prenatal. So I would love to hear a little bit about um, some things to keep in mind when looking at prenatals, some important nutrients that we should be looking at for men, maybe versus women, like are there differences? And just hear that really quickly before we lose you. Totally. Real fast before we get into that, that this, I want to say to all the men out there, one thing that's very specific to men and preconception and sperm quality is that sperm does not like heat. So making sure that your man, even though going into a sauna is a very healthy jacuzzi, hot tub, um, cell phone on the lap, um, computer on the lap, Sperm is very sensitive to heat. So in that preconception time frame, avoiding just keeping it cool down there for men is very important. Wait, before we move on at all, because I did not know this, we have a sauna in our house. My husband does a sauna every single day. So what he could do, and there's actually companies that carry this, but he could just put an ice pack down there while he goes in there if he has to go. If this is like part of his routine, if it brings him joy, he can use an ice pack when he goes in there. But that is one big one that people don't know about. And of course, sauna is healthy. It helps with detox. But those swimmers don't like heat. Okay, so I am in shock right now. Okay, so and just to be clear, like women could still. Yes. The heat is okay for the female, but for men. Yes. So. So you're talking about for the entire, like that, that three month window, like the three months, yeah, three months. Okay. Refrain from the heat. Refrain from the heat or use an ice pack, um, of some sort if you have to go in there. So interesting. Sorry. I feel like your husband's not going to really like me after this. Yeah, he's not. (laughs) I think he's going to be heartbroken when I like run downstairs after recording this episode and like... (laughs) basically pull the plug out of our sauna (laughs) (laughs) oops not working sorry yeah okay um go on please (laughs) um and then okay so going into the prenatals so we mentioned that not all prenatals are created equally things to look for is making sure that your b vitamin 
organs are methylated, which means bioavailable. Anybody can absorb them. Um, a lot of uh, prenatals on the market have folic acid, which is synthetic, and 40% of the population cannot utilize folic acid. So it's important to get a prenatal from a source that's like methylfolate, 5-MTHF. Um, so that's bioavailability. Number two, comprehensive, making sure that it has 24 nutrients, the 24 nutrients that are in we natal, we wouldn't leave one out. And for reference, ritual has 12 nutrients. And anytime people tell us they take ritual, we have like the head explosion emoji because it's definitely not enough nutrients. And then the dosages, making sure that you have the right dosages. One example is choline. We natal has 400 milligrams of choline. Choline is crucial for baby brain health. And um, women only get 285 milligrams per day. So it's very important to supplement with choline because research shows that 450 to 550 a day is what women need during pregnancy and postpartum. Um, and then on the men's, and then just in general supplements, looking at additional ingredients, making sure it doesn't have any junk in there, um, colors, fillers, you know, if you go to any target or CVS, there's a paragraph of junk underneath the nutrition label. Those are not for you, especially not when you're pregnant or trying to conceive, um, and then on the men's side, it's like we mentioned the antioxidants, CoQ10, B vitamins like folate. And then for both men and women, omega-3s, we know that omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. They reduce, um, oxidative stress, they reduce inflammation and they contribute to, um, fertility in both men and women. So making sure that you take an omega-3 supplement on top of your prenatal is crucial. Okay. Very good to know. You take that obviously before preconception and it throughout pregnancy. Is that correct? Yes. And postpartum. We looked at hundreds and hundreds of clinical research on the best nutrients for fertility. Um, and literally it was formulated for pre-pregnancy during and post and knowing that also postpartum is something unspoken about. Some people stop taking a prenatal once they have the baby, but Moms and dads are super depleted with the sleep, you know, deprivation, taking care of a new human and all that. And both of them, his and her are designed to take you through parenthood as well. They're great multis for immunity, immunity, and keeping you guys both healthy while you're taking care of a new little human. I'm so glad you brought that up because, yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't know. How long into postpartum do you recommend continuing a prenatal? Depends on if you're breastfeeding or not, but I would say at least a year. Um, research now shows that um, women can suffer from postpartum depletion for at least seven years. So if you're not, if you didn't take the time to nourish yourself for a while before conceiving, the babies take so much out of you and um, it's important to replete yourself with those nutrients and especially if you're breastfeeding those nutrients are going to baby too so i would say at least a year but if wow. you're breastfeeding for longer definitely during the time frame of breastfeeding wow okay There's that is a some crazy research that says it could take up to like seven to ten years for a mom to completely be renourished so each person is different but just know that like the more you can take care of yourself and nurture yourself as much before as you do after it's very important yeah, that's an, I mean, so good to know. I, I feel like I, I, I feel like I was one of the smart ones who continued to take a prenatal, but I only did it for like the three months after birth. So that's like really, really interesting. And I, and intuitively I, I kind of feel like I'm like oh, oh, almost two years post-birth at this point, like a year and a half, a little over a year and a half. And I'm like, I still feel depleted. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. It can take up to seven years. Oh my gosh. Yep. All right, uh, ladies, it was such a pleasure to have you this week. Um, this was so incredibly helpful and so informative, and I loved talking to both of you. Um, for anybody listening to this podcast who wants more from you guys, where can we find you? Tell us more. So um, our website is wenatal.com. 
um, on social media. We're at we underscore natal. And we do have a special promo. If um, you're listening go to wenatal.com slash big kid. They get a free Omega DHA when they subscribe to Wenatal. So that's $34.95 of value. So wenatal.com slash big kid. Amazing. Guys, I'm going to include all of that in show notes um, for easy finding, but thank you guys so much for being on. And you at home, thank you so much for bumping along with us. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, Share it on social, send it to your friends, do the thing, leave a review. Oh my God, please leave a review. It's so helpful. I always really appreciate when you guys do that. And um, make sure to check out that We Needle offer. That is amazing. I'm going to link it, everything in show notes so it's easy to find. But again, you'll get a free 30-day supply of the Omega DHA and fish oil with a subscription, um, which is great. I've been taking it. I've you know been loving it. So... I hope this has been helpful, guys, and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.